If you've ever grown tulips, you know all too well that, while beautiful, the tulip is a temperamental and relatively weak plant whose bloom is short-lived and whose likelihood of returning the next year is far from certain. The flower itself was unknown to most of Europe in the 16th century, but around 1554, the Pope's ambassador to the Sultan of Turkey was charmed by the flower and collected seeds and bulbs for distribution. The word tulip itself is said to be derived from the Turkish word for turban, since the bloom somewhat resembles the same. Cultivation spread throughout the region we today call the Netherlands as tulip bulbs found their way to Vienna, Antwerp, and Amsterdam. Planters took pleasure in the vibrant blooms and the fact that the plants were more tolerant of the harsher climate of the lower countries. The bulbs themselves were classified into three groups, the single-colored, the multicolored, and the bazaars. This last category is most germane to the tale of tulip mania, as bazaars were the rarest and most sought-after tulip. The reason these unusual flowers came about was a virus that interfered with the plant's ability to create a uniform color on the petal. It is today known as a breaking virus, since it breaks the plant's lock on a single petal color, although it does not kill the plant itself. The effect on the flower was striking, producing mosaic-like flames of color on each petal. Even regular single-color tulips are difficult to grow from seeds. It took anywhere from 7 to 12 years to produce a flowering bulb from a seed, and once the bulb was at long last established, it would create only one or two clones, or offsets, in a given year. The mother bulb itself would last only a few years before it died. As challenging as it was to propagate regular tulips, it was even harder to do so for the exotic varieties, since the virus weakened the plant somewhat, and it usually failed to create offsets, meaning that any bizarre varieties required new plants be created from seeds. The length of time required for that growth meant that the most appealing varieties of tulips remained rare. As knowledge of tulips spread, collectors of the bulbs began to give the exotic varieties inventive names, such as Admiral and General, to suggest the boldness of the plant's appearance. A sort of one-upsmanship developed with the naming, leading to exalted titles like Admiral of Admirals and General of Generals. For years, the cultivation and selling of tulip bulbs was little more than a curious hobby among horticulturists and the well-to-do. Rise of the Tulip As the 16th century turned over to the 17th, Holland was on the ascent. The area, formerly known as the Spanish Netherlands, had won its independence. Amsterdam, the capital of Holland, found itself as the driving force behind commerce, particularly as a trading partner with the East Indies. Newfound wealth and prosperity flooded the region, with single trading voyages yielding profits upward of 400% to the financiers backing them. A merchant class arose, and the new money in the area sought ways to show off its wealth. Grand estates began springing up around Amsterdam, and nothing framed a handsome home better than a vibrant display of flowers in the surrounding gardens. And, naturally, there were precious few flowers more showy and eye-catching than the tulip. The tulip's reputation was on the rise, and by 1634, anyone with money, but without tulips, was judged simply to have bad taste. Whereas tulip bulbs used to be sold by the pound, their rising popularity and prices made them exponentially more precious, and soon much tinier weights were used as the basis of the tulip trade. A concurrent demand from French speculators for the bulbs only pushed the price higher. 
the trading of the bulbs was framed by the growing season of the flowers themselves. Tulips bloom in the springtime for just a few weeks, and they enter a dormant phase from June through September. It is at this time they can be safely uprooted and moved about, so actual physical trades took place around this time of the year. Because speculators did not want to confine their trading to just a few months, they put together what could be considered a futures market. Two traders could sign a contract in front of a notary, pledging to buy a certain quantity, type, and quality of bulb at the end of the season for a certain price. These contracts soon found an aftermarket of their own, so that people began trading the paper instead of the physical bulbs.